0: Welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast with your hosts, Jacob Smedley,
1: Sam Beds,
2: Justin Reedhammer, and Nathan Romanoff.
0: Our topics today include virtual sports, Jackie Kennedy and his amazing season with the Toronto Blue Jays, followed up by the NFL offseason, free agency, and draft with Justin Reedhammer, and finishing off with coronavirus affecting sports worldwide now here's Sam Betts with our new topic this week Jackie Kennedy and his virtual skills in MLB The Show take it away Sam
1: yes so in MLB The Show 20 there is a a game mode that's called Road of the Show where you can create your own p- character. And he goes up through the levels of the minor leagues until he reaches the MLB and has a really great season. So the character I have here is Jackie Kennedy, the 19-year-old left-handed starter out of Georgia. He's 6'3", 220 pounds, and he was drafted out of the 16th round by the Blue Jays. So,
0: 16th round, wow. I really know, he, a came, on he was
1: really late, real late, but... <laughs> I mean, hey, he's in the MLB right now, and he's in the starting rotation. That just shows, yeah. I mean, what, what players can do to prove themselves. So, here are his pitches. He throws a fastball, which is around 89 to 94 miles an hour. He's is that got a four-seam
0: cha- or a two-seam fastball? Uh, this is a four-seam
1: fastball. He also does throw a two-seam. That's one of his newer pitches he actually learned. That's one of the perks oh, of nice. getting called up to the MLB club there where you're able to learn some stuff from the coaches there. So he learned a two-seam fastball. That's around 83 to 89 miles an hour. Still trying to develop that velocity there. Um, he's got his changeup, which is around 77 to 80 miles an hour. And he has a slider, which is 78 to 82 miles per hour. Now, he has a contract with Blue Jays. He's making the Major League Minimum because this is his first year in the MLB. He's making five, $500,007. Oh, yeah. Major
0: League Minimum. I mean, hey,
1: <laughs> you got to start somewhere.
0: He's got to get paid soon, I bet, with, with uh, his production.
1: Maybe in the next couple of years, he'll make that big contract. He's still got another five years left on his original starting contract, but we'll see where he goes mm-hmm. with it. So we're going to talk about the Blue Jays in the simulation. The Blue Jays right now are 23 and 47. They're fifth oh boy. in the my, AL East. Oh my,
0: that is bad,
1: Sam. They're they're not doing too hot, Jake. Um, <laughs> they have. I mean, they have players like Gleyber. They have players like Gleyber Torres. They have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They have Bo Bichette. Yeah, was... They have uh, young infielder uh, Brendan Rodgers. But there's just, there's not a lot going for <laughs> yeah. this team right now. Halfway through the season, in June here. Um, Jackie Kennedy is the only starter on the rotation with a winning record at two and oh. Gosh. Thomas Pe- Thomas uh, Peone, who is the best starter at eight and seven with a four point six two ERA, is in the rotation right now. That's their best starter.
0: No, that's 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 not going to get it done for no, any, any winning it's, team. it's not looking here. too hot, Jake, But I mean, best Jackie Kennedy is doing that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, but hey, Jackie Kennedy's out here. He's just trying to make a, a name for himself and maybe even help the Blue Jays in the future. So we let's talk about some of their hitting stats because uh, if the pitching doesn't look that good i mean the hitting is yeah left, something left to be desired they average uh 3.91 runs a game which is currently wow. 25th in the mlb in the simulation mm-hmm. um their average is wow, around that's, that's 241 which is 29.
0: <laughs> that's their team average
1: wow. I
0: mean let, let me let me ask ask you this something why why isn't Jackie Kennedy one of those two-way players you know like Shohei Otani you can couldn't make him a a pitcher a pitcher and a hitter I mean, I mean if he I, was a I dh too and so a pitcher Elven, I mean they the show, might, um, might have a few um, more wins
1: when you go to through road to the show you ha- it's kind of a little different than it has been in past years you have to kind of play games with your player and um oh you get experience from there and it goes to like certain categories well since jackie kennedy's in um an al pitcher he doesn't really have too (laughs) many he's not getting too many at bats
0: Uh, so and i mean
1: i also tried when i like try to upgrade him through um doing practices and stuff i try to upgrade mostly his pitching stats i don't really (laughs) focus on the hitting aspect because he's not going to get that many at bats so there's that but let's go to the actual game that jackie kennedy experienced so coming into this game against the orioles this was in this was in june 12th this was june 12th um coming in he's he's played four he's had four starts in the mlb uh oh. he's had the decision in two of them where he's gone two and out like i said before he has an era right now of 1.73 so in these four starts he that hasn't is, given up too impressive. many runs
0: yeah that that's impressive um, he's in, had... in that American League East. I mean, that that's very very impressive for that, yes, to have especially with so many yeah. of those bats in there. So
1: yeah, especially with teams like the Red Sox, the Yankees. He's yeah, he's holding his yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a total of twenty one strikeouts also for the season. Nice. So in the first, so we talked about in the first inning. Um, he finished the first inning in ten pitches. Uh, he struck out. Um, shortstop Oriole shortstop Richie Martin. And the Blue Jays actually got a 2-0 lead in the bottom of the first on a two-RBI single by Yusniel Griggs, the right fielder. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they got a starter for him, and they gave him the lead, which is really nice. How,
0: how, how are the Orioles in this simulation? I mean, I know in real life, I mean, I mean maybe maybe in the simulation, two years fast forward, I mean, maybe they're a little bit better than they were.
1: Uh, actually, the wow. Orioles are right <laughs> around where the Blue Jays are. I believe they're fourth. But they're like twenty. They're like twenty four and like forty eight. So they're All only right. like one so game see, better see, than. I see. I see how Jays. they
0: took a two nothing lead then. I see how the Blue Jays were able to take a two nothing lead. I mean,
1: yeah. Okay. So actually, so Jackie Kennedy in the second inning, he was facing Renato Nunez, who had a really hot season last oh, yeah. year. Mm-hmm. You can remember him, and he gave up a home run to Renato Nunez to make it up to make up um, two to one. Uh, game so he's a little frustrated about that but jackie kennedy was able to get the next three batters out on a couple ground balls around the infield uh to one to vladimir guerrero jr uh there was one to um first baseman there so he came
0: back and he was able to come back strong um now that let me ask you so is he a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher he's a left-handed pitcher left-handed okay okay so he's
1: able to get that a little extra um he's a little bit that extra tailing on the pitch yeah which makes yeah, that which makes ball. that really yeah. nice especially for when he's facing other left handers or even on right handers when he gets that slider mm. and he yeah. brings that in throws that inside pitch that mm. uh, really gives him a big advantage there yeah um the in the next inning, we we're, we're in the third here he was able to strike out um strike out uh, William Casado and Pedro Severino in the third and only and he only threw thirty three pitches at that point yeah that, by the end that's of the third good. Good so stamina, I mean yeah. he's He's getting it done. He's really doing mm-hmm. a great job. He even struck out R- Rowdy Teles in the fourth,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, so
1: he's up that's... to he's up to a decent amount of strikeouts here. Uh, he's able to strike out DJ Stewart in the fifth, and he was able uh, with a runner on second base. It was still two to one, so this was still a pretty close game. He had a runner on second yeah. and first. He was able to work out of a jam in the sixth in the sixth inning, uh, in his last inning of work, and he ended. And he ended up with seventy nine pitches, so he was able to fight. He was able to kind of keep pitching and fight him off. Yeah, there and then, then and one
0: Run- on first and second. I think that that's that's a very very good situation to get out of for him, um, young pitcher. I mean, really can get overwhelmed by that kind of situation at the big league level.
1: Definitely, and it definitely shows his pitching clutch in that situation, like to be clutch in those moments when there's runners yeah. in scoring position, you have to try to keep your cool. And he was definitely yeah, able to do especially that Especially in a close game like that. Um, and in that, bo- in that bottom of the inning, Brendan Rogers was able to get an RBI double and Leonis Martin was also to do th- was also able to do the same, bringing that four to one and Jackie Kennedy was relieved in that um, after that inning. And they were able to win the game um, oh, four great. to three. The Blue Jays were able to take the win over the, um, Orioles they did get a little close there in the end but uh, Mm -hmm. the bullpen was able to stay strong and keep that so Jackie Kennedy um, he got the win he ended up with six innings pitched he gave up six hits he did give up a lot of hits but right. like I said, he was still I mean, able with, to with that
0: with that stuff with the low velocity, I mean, you're gonna have to give up some hits. He's probably again is he, he more he's more of a finesse guy, right? Yes, he's like definitely. works That's on the way corners again, not that overpowering guy, of course, with the low nineties fastball there and the the uh, low changeup uh, change up and the miles per hour. So again, he has to be a finesse guy, he has to keep the ball on the ground. So I can see see why he would give up six hits in that scenario, so yeah,
1: but I mean, he still he still got five strikeouts in that game. He was still able to strike people mm-hmm. out. He's still able to um use those pitches, but it just mm-hmm. it's a, he's able to strike some people out, but it also just comes with giving up some hits there. So, yeah. it's kind of you kind of have to give and take a, a few situations. He only gave up the one earned run, that one home run to Renato Nunez, and he did not walk anyone, which he, Jackie Kennedy is not really known for. He doesn't walk too many people. So, yeah, yeah I'd say he had a solid performance there. Um Going up to three and zero now um, in in his record, so I feel like he's going to be a strong starter in the MLB, and I think he yeah. might be able to turn this Blue Jays team around. Hopefully, in the future.
0: Yeah, hopefully down the road. Well, thank you, Sam, for the uh, first first uh, episode here with Jackie Kennedy. The the virtual player in MLB The Show. Again, due to recent events, we want to include some more sports content into it. Now here's with some real life action. Here is Justin Reedhammer with his notes and perspective on the NFL off-season free agency draft trades as well. Take it away, Justin.
3: Thank you, and uh, as always, Sam, that was quite, quite an amazing time listening to all that it's even better when it's not real. So uh <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the I I feel
0: I feel for you, Sam. <laughs> yeah. You don't 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 take it crap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the free agency. We had a quite, quite a bit of, you know, good free agent signings uh throughout the off season. Uh just a couple to highlight real quick, you know, we obviously had Tom Brady. He went, you know, going over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh we had yeah, that 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 was that was a yeah, big one. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. They uh the Cowboys, they've franchise tagged Dak Prescott, you know? Yeah,
0: interesting. And, that, that that is. That is. Yeah. It really they, is. I mean, they
3: re-signed Amari Cooper uh 5 5 years, sense. 100 million dollars. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of money he's making. Yeah
2: yeah he's worth it probably, yeah though. Drew Brees I mean, was
3: re-signed is, I
0: mean, you know he is hate to say it
3: I mean like a lot of good deals you know uh, Philip Rivers he went uh, to the Colts for a year 25 million uh, there's a lot of good signings one yeah. year
0: contract for a guy who's again of course getting up in age has maybe a few years left in the tank can help that team uh, help again the the wide receiver and the skill positions I think that's a that's a very good deal for the team
3: mm-hmm. yeah there's a uh, quite a few good ones here there's a uh, you know Von Bell of the Saints he signed with the Bengals for 3
0: years mhm linebacker safety can play play both positions uh young young defense there with Cincinnati will get there with yeah. the draft as well I, I think that they had a very productive off season and next next few years could really really be there with the Ravens i feel and Browns as well that 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 division's going to be i mean i know we we already did an episode on them uh, the division recap like talking about their needs i, I think Maybe every team in that division addressed their needs in what we talked about. So I think that's a good move for the Bengals. Yeah.
3: Speaking of the, the division recap, uh, we're going to talk about the Titans a little bit, what they did here. They franchise-tagged uh, Derrick Henry, and they also uh, re-signed Ryan Tannehill for four years.
1: Oh yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: when we were when we were talking back then, we said that that was what they needed to do to kind of stay one of the top teams in the AFC. But uh, looking back now, do you think that they did enough to remain a good team?
0: Yeah, I, I would. I would personally say they did that. Um, again, uh, we can talk about, I guess, the the running back market as well with this. But you pay Tannehill; he did a fantastic job during the season for you. So I think you had to do that. But again, going with the franchise tag with Henry, you, you keep him. Uh, the running back market, the way it is, I mean, franchise tag seems to be the way to go for the first few times before you actually give the, give the guy the big the big bucks. I mean, you, you see kind of what, what happened with yeah. uh, like Ezekiel Elliott and even the Todd Gurley situation with the Rams and how, of course, I know you're going to get to he's on the Falcons now, but you see, see mm-hmm. how the market developed. So I think it was a smart move yeah. by the Titans to franchise tag him because I mean, yes, you can have a great running back, but as we saw with the Chiefs and the Super Bowl, you don't necessarily need to have a great running back to get to the promised land. So I mean, is the the position doesn't have as as much weight? So do you want to invest that that much money in that position? Yeah.
3: Yes, I I agree with that. Uh, I also do want to kind of do a little bit of a criticism here. Uh, the. Broncos ended up signing Melvin Go- Melvin Gordon for uh, two years, sixteen million. Uh, it's not a bad deal, but I don't know. I don't think the they really needed a running back, so I don't really understand why they went and grabbed Melvin Gordon when they have Philip Lindsay already, you know, killing at the position.
2: That that's a good point. Um, I still like the signing. I like Melvin Gordon as a running back. He's solid, good option. Um, Philip Lindsay had a good year. I think they'll be able to run a very good offense especially with who they drafted in the draft with two wide receivers K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy Um, and you know you need a big high-powered offense in the same division as the reigning defending champions Kansas City Chiefs who are putting up like 40 points a game basically. Yeah. Blowing opponents out of the water with that offense, so I don't mind having two solid running backs and signing Melvin Gordon. I like it personally as a Broncos fan. Mm-hmm. Nate, Nate, yeah, I just want point. to ask
0: you something. What, what do you think about uh, Justin Herbert drafted by the Chargers? I bet that hurts you a bit. We were talking about uh, before before the uh, the whole virus struck and uh, this this whole kind of kind of break we've had about the the uh, AFC South and how the Colts might have been a, a team for him but he goes goes to the Chargers uh, as we we touch on that that division there I just want to ask you again how, how you felt about that how, having your team have to play him your guy Herbert <laughs> twice a year probably
2: yeah he he was drafted by a division rival the Chargers I'm happy for him um and you know I think he'll be a good fit for them He's a solid quarterback, you know, 6'5", big guy, good arm. Mm-hmm. And as he showed in the Rose Bowl, he does have running ability. I mean, he ran for two, three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. So he is a mobile quarterback who's a big guy as mm-hmm. well. Um, with the Broncos, I mean, it's tough for me as yeah. a Broncos fan to see someone I rooted for so much in college mm-hmm. go to a rival team. But I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever happens, happens.
0: Yeah. He's a good quarterback. He gets to learn from g- uh, Justin's yeah. guy, Tyrod Taylor there. yeah,
2: He doesn't need to learn from Tyrod, <laughs> trust me. <laughs>
0: ty, ty, Tyrod should be learning from him. Yeah, all, yeah all exactly. Set, so, you know,
3: uh, ty, ty, Tyrod will teach him the moves, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, but yeah. also in free agency, we have a lot of trades going on. Now, uh, there were a lot of trades this year. Uh, however, I'm just going to highlight some of the bigger ones. First off, we have... The Jaguars traded Nick Foles to the Bears for a 2020 fourth-round pick. I mean, I now, don't really know how I feel about that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know about that.
0: So the way the, way the quarterback market is is um, is going right now, I, I think it was a disadvantage for the, the Bears uh, the way now Cam Newton is sitting right mm-hmm. out there. I mean, I don't know if you were going to touch on that, Justin, as well. But, I mean, he's sitting out there. Of course, Andy Dalton, as you'll probably mention to Justin, he went off the market. Uh, last night to the Cowboys. But, I mean, fourth-round pick, they d- traded draft capital to draft a guy who, again, still maybe, maybe you could say Cam Newton would have been guaranteed a spot over Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, there's still reports that those yep. two are going to be battling it out for the starting job. I think that, the, again, they just pulled the trigger too quickly and thought the market was going to, uh, to happen at a more rapid rate than this. But uh, I, I don't think it was a smart move.
3: Yeah, I have to agree with that. And uh, another one that's kind of interesting: Carolina traded Kyle Allen to uh, Washington. They I mean they didn't really have a quarterback to begin with, you know, without uh, you know Cam Newton, and now they trade Kyle Allen going over to Washington for a fifth-round pick.
2: They did get
0: Teddy Bridgewater. Don't yeah, forget, they did, so. did. Did get Teddy Bridgewater?
2: Um, I, I mean,
3: yeah, but he and he's a solid option, but I don't know if he's exactly you know number one quarterback
2: material. Well, oh, I'd say he's better than Kyle Allen, personally. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I feel bad for the Panthers yeah. being in that division right now with yeah. all those high-powered offenses, and they they got uh, Bridgewater, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's uh, I, I mean they are gonna be sitting pretty, I think, in the the basement, yeah. the way the, the, uh, the in the basement of that division. I mean, the way the other teams really really improved in in the off season.
2: Yeah, do you think it became the strongest division in the NFC? Um, through the off season,
0: I I would say so. I would I would say so. I mean, with the Buccaneers and the Saints, I mean that. I, I mean, and the Falcons. I mean, yeah. they they no start. They they added Gurley on offense. Uh, replaced Freeman with him. I think that's a bit of an upgrade there. Um, they did lose Hooper though, the Austin Hooper, the tight end. Uh, but. I uh, I think they're still going to be alright. You know, they're going to be the average Falcons. I'd say like seven and yeah. nine, eight and eight. Play some, maybe play a few meaningful games down the stretch. But yeah. that, I think that that is um, going to be the toughest division in the NFC.
3: Yeah, but uh, I I have to agree with that. And uh, moving on to another trade, we have the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson. Awful. And a se- <laughs> a, a second round so pick bad. and a fourth round pick. I mean.
2: I, I don't know what was happening there, I mean. <laughs> Bill O'Brien de- was being, I don't know what he was thinking, my goodness. Dude, yeah, that means. was so <laughs> crazy. I mean, DeAndre
3: Hopkins, he's still a solid option. I mean, he was, he used to still like one of the number one receivers in the NFL for a yeah, long time. Yeah. All of a I he just gets traded.
0: top three. Top three definitely yeah, same in my books.
3: Yeah, so I, I really don't understand the logic behind this trade, because they only ended up getting two, uh, you know, a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. And... St- David Johnson, who has been inconsistent yeah. these past couple of years. So mm-hmm. I don't
2: know if I really agree with this trade. Yeah. No, I I think it's a poor trade. Poor decision making.
3: And then uh the last trade I'm gonna touch up on, uh I know you guys were waiting for it. Uh Stefan Diggs got traded to the Buffalo Bills. Uh for a first round. Really, pick, you're gonna end fifth, it that a way. Round <laughs> you're pick. gonna right. end yeah. it that way with yeah. the
0: Bills trade. Okay. Um I mean, they did give up substantially, uh, uh, much more, excuse me, than than the, of course, the uh, uh, Texans got in return from the Cardinals. Uh, They gave up a lot of draft capital for them. But I think it's a definite instant game changer again when we talked about the AFC East we talked about getting Josh Allen receivers getting him help with the skill positions they already had a great defense i think that th- this is this is an a plus move for the bills and and it it's also win for for the uh, vikings as we saw them get justin jefferson with that bills pick where they were able to um able to uh, upgrade their wide receiving core as well, and kind of replace Diggs. So I would, I would say definitely it's an upgrade for both teams. I would say that's a, a win for both teams.
3: Yes, I'd have to agree. I think that both teams kind of, you know, made a good decision in this trade.
2: Well. All right, I think it was a good trade. I just want to say, though, this was a pretty top-heavy wide receiver draft. Mm. I know you like having a veteran wide receiver more than a rookie come in, but there were a lot of good young receivers Mm. that they could have drafted in the first round. So I just want to ask you, what do you think about that?
3: I I have to agree with that, but I also have to say something that was kind of interesting. When I uh, was looking at this trade— I just wanted to see kind of what the GM said about it. So Brandon Bean, he actually said that in these times right now with COVID-19, you know, kind of ravaging through the world, it was better to find somebody that was proven in the NFL, somebody that could be that solid number one option, uh, you know, without having to coddle like a rookie, you know, coming up, you know, to be your number one. So it was better to use that first round pick instead to, you know, get somebody that was in the NFL already that we know can, you know, catch balls and, you know, catch contested passes, you know, and yeah. be, like, a good, solid number one option.
0: I think that's, then, you that's know, find, definitely find somebody a in the draft point as well, because you have, you have of course, rookie camp and all, and a training camp yeah. and stuff that's possibly going to be postponed, too, so at least, again, <laughs> with Stephon Diggs, like you touched on, Justin, I mean, you, you have a guy that's already proven in the league. He's a known, solid, number one guy you can count on, and again, yes, the wide receiver class is but again some of them might not pan out or some of them might just not fit the system or something so knowing that you have a proven number one guy that you get out of it i think is is a great thing for especially for that team that i think really needs that that number one guy and i think uh Diggs fits that bill to be able to be that go to guy for josh allen when when the when it's crunch time so um, so moving on, I guess to the draft. You touched on free agency. What would you guys think uh, about the draft picks? Uh, quarterbacks, of course. You mentioned wide receivers. There, Nate. Uh, any anything I mean, you guys like to touch on with the the draft? How it went? Any surprising picks, uh, perhaps <laughs> that uh, caught your eye? Um, the yeah, draft? I
2: mean, the Packers taking Jordan Love. I did not see that one coming in the first round at 26 especially since they traded up to draft him yeah (laughs) i mean i i just don't understand it you have aaron Rodgers, the man you know yeah he's getting older but you guys still went to the nfc championship game (laughs) this past season and instead of going out and getting him support or weapons you draft virtually his replacement Mm -hmm. or who you plan to replace him with in the future i just (laughs) it didn't make sense to me personally and i didn't i did not like that pick at all from the packers
0: Mm, yeah i i i i believe that that I think that they they're one of the teams that really kind of butchered the draft for the, their team. I mean, you've got to trade up, and you've got to get Aaron Rodgers' weapons. I mean, I saw a stat the other day where it was like, he has one touchdown pass completed to first round picks, and that was Mercedes <laughs> Lewis, the tight end, who played for the Packers I think it was last year or two years ago, but I mean, that's just so shocking when it, he compare, compares to Brady or Breeze in that aspect where, I mean, how much talent the Pack, Packers have actually drafted around Aaron Rodgers is is shocking, and how it seems like they almost failed to do it again and got his replacement instead. Speaking of getting another replacement, uh, Jalen Hurts, quarterback from Oklahoma, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. What would you guys think think about that? I mean,
3: that was that was kind of a crazy pick in my my eyes. I mean, I didn't see that one coming at all.
2: Yeah, I agree there. I mean but at the same time Carson Wentz has been known to get injured so i can see getting a backup although i thought the eagles already kind of had a backup solution but you know i guess Taysom some hill him.
0: Taysom hill yeah. 2.0 that's what that's <laughs> what I, that's what i'm thinking i mean uh but ah, again really? i just feel there's there's no reason to uh to take a quarterback that high. again unless he's but the Packers, same thing. I mean, at least yeah. Rodgers was getting up in age. But drafting yeah. uh, Hurts with this a second round pick, I just don't don't see how that yeah. move makes sense too much. But especially when you have a franchise guy that's 27 and you would believe he's heading into his prime. So um, again, wide receivers, uh, yeah. Ceedee Lamb going to the Cowboys. Um, uh, you got other other. Guys, uh, Henry Ruggs um, doing uh, going to the the Raiders. Um, so yeah, Jerry Judy the Broncos. I mean, th- those, are, those are some guys who are going. To, I think really uh, help help out the offense there. Again, you mentioned the Broncos, Hamler and and Judy. Yeah. They they're going to, that that division's going to be very good with the draft picks. And any anything else you guys have draft draft related? Any other picks that? That good. Uh Just one that
3: was a little bit surprising for me. Uh You know, everybody was talking like in the draft how Jake Fromm, he was going to be like, you know, a second rounder, like, you know, a big like, like end of the second round top guy and then he drops all the way to the fifth round and then gets picked up by the Buffalo Bills who already have a quarterback. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that decision to draft Jake Fromm.
2: I mean, I didn't think he'd drop as far as he did. Um, uh, he's always a guy I heard about in college cause he played at Georgia and Georgia is a big university and they're always in the conversation for college football playoff, but he did drop, um, the bills took him. I guess it's not a bad option to have it back up. I mean, the bills history with backups, isn't the greatest, uh, Nathan Peterman, for example. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Frank, um, but right, I mean, I, I don't the, know uh, the nineties there. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean,
3: I, I kind of looked at it as like. You know, back in the 90s when they had Jim Kelly, they also had Frank Reich. I mean, like, these two guys were, like, very good players. Like, Mm -hmm. Frank Reich, he could have played for his own team and been a Hall of Famer. Like, he was, like, very good. And so I think that it's a good thing because when you have a quarterback uh, but also a good backup quarterback, you got a solid team. So I I think it was a good decision to take
2: Jake Fromm in the fifth round. Yeah, especially with him dropping like that, I think it was a smart decision.
0: Yeah, I I think he, again the scouts again looked at him. I I uh I heard he did have have a struggle at the combine, so his stock drafted uh, fell fell. I mean through through that as well. So he had a a rough time with that. So uh, yeah, wrapping wrapping that up uh, moving on to our conversation. Coronavirus affecting all the sports. I mean, we got none going on right now, except as, as uh, Sam was mentioning before we started here, WWE. I mean, everything else, everything else is, is done. I mean, for right now, again, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, they all are done for the moment. What, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys thoughts how the coronavirus has really shaped and take, taken over our lives at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely taken over our lives in a big way. Uh, you know, we can't even go you know, to the store, you know, let alone go to see sporting events. Like, all sporting events have been canceled, you know, even national sporting events. So it's it's definitely been a game changer for, like, a lot of things that are happening in the world.
2: Yeah, it's, it's been tough with no sports. Um, I will love- watching pretty much any sport I can, football, basketball, hockey, soccer. And, you know, I can't watch any of those. I can't even watch international soccer, you know, because, heck, half the leagues have been canceled over in Europe, and they can't play either. So Mm -hmm. they can't play here, they can't play there. It's crazy. It's taken over the whole world, basically.
1: Yeah, it sucks, because I wanted to see, like, the NBA, like, playoffs. I wanted to see that season finish out and then go right into baseball. I mean, that would have been... It would have been nice to have seen those, and then the coronavirus kind of just took it away. I will say that we have uh, ESPN making um, an offer with the KBO when they're having a meeting. Uh, They're nearing a deal to broadcast games on ESPN uh, about six days ago, so there might be some baseball coming back. Um, There aren't, I mean... For the Americans, we probably would not know too many of the Korean baseball players, but there are some. There
0: are, there are some, there are some former MLB players that are on 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 the teams there. There so. are, and
1: each team is allowed to have three foreign players on their team. So there are guys like um, Dan Straley, Tyler Saladino, Preston Tucker, Dixon Machado, Ben Lively, uh, and Taylor Motter. There's are those are only a few of those guys that we've seen in the MLB, um, but they're just playing somewhere else differently. So it would be nice to see those guys back, but also to have some sort of baseball um, coming into the, coming from our televisions into our homes. So that would be a great thing if ESPN and the KBO can work that out.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, COVID, COVID-19 is really, it's affecting all of the sports that are, you know, around the world. And I think that some sports are going to come to some solutions. Like there's going to be no fans at the, you know, games coming up or, yeah. you yeah. know, I heard that the NFL now, they're going to, instead of doing the, uh, f- as we said, the 18 weeks or uh, regular season, they're going to start that uh, in 2021. So they're going to continue doing the regular schedule that we know for right now. Yeah. Because, you know, of what coronavirus has done. So, you know, who knows what's going to hold in the future. That's
1: right. And also the MLB has um, think, been talking yeah, about what they're going to do for their mm-hmm. season since, uh, opening day was supposed to be march 26th i believe and it hasn't happened yet yeah. it's may third right now so um there have been talks about
0: teams playing mm-hmm. in arizona um no fans florida as well yeah yeah like merging um, like having one from each yeah. place like come for the the championship, like one from Florida, one from Arizona.
1: Yeah, and they've also, there's been other discussions about them having like um, three separate leagues, like dividing all 30 MLB teams into three separate leagues, 10 teams each, um, extending the playoffs, maybe playing on like Christmas Day or something like that, that was even thrown into the um, circle, so honestly, we don't know what's going to happen until we like until we as like the country of the united states like start to clear some stuff up mm. as less people start getting the virus as um numbers of infected yeah. people start going down then we can figure out stuff for sports but for right now we it's kind of just a waiting game see what will happen yeah.
0: Well, everyone, that that looks to wrap things up for today's episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast, and first, first time in a few weeks, we record an episode. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully, we will get episodes out more consistently, consistently soon. Um, but again, the Jackie Kennedy Division series. Thank you all for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports podcast you can find us on YouTube